so glad to be with you is that this week is traditionally called Holy Week and it gives us a chance to think and reflect on the climax of Jesus life really of human history where uh, Jesus goes to the cross and he's crucified and that's the high watermark of love and particularly of God's love there we see the wonder and mystery of self-sacrificing self-giving um, world-changing love and then two days later, he was resurrected. Folks have pointed out one of the uniquenesses of Christianity is, as opposed to other world religions, one day it did not exist, and then the next day it did. Saturday, there was a movement that Jesus had started and it was over. And by the end of Easter Sunday, there was a movement that has not stopped and still spreads. And part of what's very critical about the center hinge point of Jesus and human history and the gospel is that these are things that happened bodily. And somehow God himself took on human flesh in Jesus. He died bodily in pain, bled on a cross, and then he was resurrected bodily. And part of what that means is it's a reaffirmation that physical existence is good, that the earth is not just an accident. It was made by God and it will be redeemed by God. And our bodies are at the center. They are key players in this process of redemption. So on Good Friday, Nancy is going to join me. She's going to get up early. Um, we're going to be online live at seven o'clock Pacific time. She had funny things to say about that that I will not repeat. But Wherever you are, we would love to have you join us. There's something wonderful about the fellowship of the withered hand. We can't do it. We need God so, so, so much. And, and somehow we experience him together and we draw strength. Uh, we are, Della said someplace, able to absorb more of God together than we are separately. And I don't know why, but even just doing that when we're all uh, connected electronically by a computer at the same time uh, kind of helps. So if you're able to, we'd love to see you. Good Friday for a time of remembrance, live at seven o'clock Pacific time. Now, we're walking through Dallas Willard's renovation of the heart, and we come to one of the most profound chapters where he thinks about our bodies. Often when people think about spiritual life, the body is the last thing they think of. Sometimes people think that bodies, flesh is a bad thing, or that it gets in the way of spiritual life, but actually there is no redemption that does not involve the redemption of our bodies. And we're not going to live someday in heaven with little disembodied ghosts like Casper. Uh, we will have resurrected bodies. Um, much of the significance of our bodies is that that's the place where your kingdom, my kingdom, begins. I have uh, hands and feet and a face and my will can reign over them directly. It's the sphere of my effective will. And then our kingdoms can extend out way beyond that. So that's a real good thing. Mostly our behavior, including our thoughts and our words, get farmed out to our habits. So very central to being redeemed, to becoming a different kind of person, to spiritual transformation, is the change of our habits. Because it's real good that we live by habits, but sin 
gets into our habits. So here's what Dallas writes. Uh, most of what is called character, good and bad, normal human life, consists in what our bodies are or are not at the ready to do in the specific situations where we find ourselves, habits that just get elicited. These readinesses enter our consciousness mostly, if at all, through how we feel about things, that we're directly moved by things and events around us. These readinesses and feelings that run our life, mostly we don't run our life, they do, whether we're aware of them or not, often we're not, reside in fairly specific parts of our body. And they reveal themselves to others through our body language in how we carry our bodily parts. People look at you and me, how my shoulders are slumped or my brow is furrowed or my eyes are doing this or my mouth is, people can tell mostly from my body how things are within me. They not only govern our immediate responses and action, but are also read with great accuracy by observant people around us and then determine how they react to us. We wear our souls on our sleeve even when we are oblivious to them and that governs the quality of our relations to others. So there is no way to move towards being transformed that plows around the reality of our bodies. And that's part of why Jesus came in the body. Incarnation is a central truth of the Christian message. And part of what it acknowledges is there is no redemption worth anything at all that does not include the redemption of our bodies, the little parts, the redemption of my eyebrows and the redemption of my forehead and the redemption of my mouth and my tongue and my stomach and my feet and my hands. Now, this largely happens through the reformation of our habits. So I want to talk in a very practical way for a couple of moments about habits. This is from an author, James Clear, a book that he writes, Atomic Habits, really good on habit formation, which we want to do not as a human self-improvement project, but where we invite God into the redemption of our body at the level of new habits. So how do we do that? How do we reform habits? Uh, James Clear writes about how often people will think I need to be more motivated, but that's not always the case. And there was a study where people were trying to exercise, often a problem we have with our bodies. And uh, one group of subjects was in a control group. They got no treatment. Another set of folks was in the motivation group. They read motivational material about how exercise has benefits. And then a third set of people were, were in what was called the planning group. All they did was to say, I will exercise on this date, at this time, in this place, for a certain number of minutes in a certain kind of way. Interestingly, the people that got motivated didn't exercise any more than the control group did. But the people that had a specific plan were more than twice as likely as the others to exercise. In other words, James says, often we think what we need is motivation, but really we need clarity. And he writes in here about a fascinating dynamic uh, sometimes called the Diderot effect. Diderot is this French guy, wrote the Encyclopédia, however you pronounce it, back in the 1700s, and um, was very short of money, and uh, the Empress of Russia gave him a big wad of cash, and one of the things he did with it was to buy a beautiful scarlet robe, but then he noticed that he had to update the rest of his wardrobe because it didn't go with it, and then other parts of his house, the mirror that he would look in, the table. And Clear writes that... Um, 
The tendency for one purchase to lead to another one has a name, the Diderot effect. That obtaining one new possession often creates a spiral of consumption that leads to additional purchases. And that's not just true when it comes to purchasing. Most, many human behaviors follow this cycle. You often decide what to do based on what you have just finished doing. Going to the bathroom leads to washing and drying your hands, which reminds you you need to put the dirty towels in the laundry. So you had laundry detergent to the shopping list and so on. No behavior happens in isolation. Each action becomes a cue that triggers the next uh, behavior. And you can use that to your advantage and do what he calls habit stacking. That is, if there's a habit that I want to add to my life, the simplest way to do it is simply add it on to a habit that's already a part of my life. For example, prayer and meditation. After I pour my cup of coffee every morning, I will meditate for one minute. And I actually do. I have a time of uh, prayer, study, and meditation every morning, and it comes right after I pour that first cup of coffee. Exercise. After I take off my work clothes, I will immediately change into my workout clothes. Gratitude. After I sit down to dinner, I will say one thing I'm grateful for that happened today. I'm going to have dinner anyhow. Might as well stack the habit of gratitude on. Marriage. After I get into bed at night, I will give my partner a kiss. I'm going to get into bed anyhow. Might as well add a kiss to it. Or could be giving. Anytime money comes into my life, I will use PayPal. And the first thing I'll do is tie the t uh, 10% to someplace else. So um, what is the habit that you would like to add to your life and just stack it onto another one? This is really interesting. It made me rethink Acts chapter 2 that describes the early church, verses 42 and following where we're told that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Those are things they did with their body. They would read or listen to that teaching. They would bring their bodies together with the bodies of other people in fellowship. They would break bread, that's physical. They would pray, direct their mind, devote time to it with their bodies. We're told, Every day they met together in the temple court. Sun comes up, it's a new day. I'm going to get up anyhow, stack onto that the habit of gathering together for worship. They met in each other's homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You're going to eat anyway. To that, they stacked on the habit of opening up their hearts with each other in joy and sincerity. The, the way of following Jesus has always involved habit stacking, though not always by that name. So what's one habit that you want to add that would help as God brings you power to redeem your little body? And I'll give you one for right now. I'm going to stop talking in a moment. Instead of rushing on to the next thing, take 30 seconds to listen to God to reflect together with God. Jesus, what did I just hear about my body and my habits? Is there anything that you are saying to me? Anything you want me to do differently today? If there's not, don't worry about it. If something comes to mind, then simply agree with him. I will do that. So now I'm done talking. You're going to take 30 more seconds to just listen for the renewal of your habits and the redemption of your body. See you next time.